Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solis, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend. She is my light as a feather, stiff as a board friend, the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> I really should be your Bloody Mary friend. And then in the mirror, I'd be like, I just thought it was a little too easy. I mean, I would like to be like, oh, I come out of a mirror. I don't know. Actually, I think that does happen in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Louise, wake up, wake up, wake up, it's time. I actually do have text messages that resemble that. <laughs> Yeah, three o'clock in the morning when I have my epiphany moments. Yeah. yeah. Or I just have too many cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, both, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking, you know, we usually talk about spirits, but ours are usually the kind that you pour over rocks. Um, today's going to be a little different. A little different. When's the last time you sat in the dark? <laughs> this, this, I don't even know why I'm asking this question. With the flashlight under your chin to, summer, to summons like spirits or the supernatural. Like for serious, <laughs> not often to scare my children. Like at, in the summer, a lot. Like it's more fun to be like, you should go to bed. They're like, ah, you know, Does that work? No, but it's funny. <laughs> I mean, you have to have some humor, parent. I'm just assuming you pay the price. I mean, eventually they're like gonna that. have to go to therapy. Like every good, good childhood. So I might as well make it at least an interesting story. I'm like my mom used to flashlight us. I mean, something good. Yeah, scare the, make it real. Like, yeah. if you, is it kind of like, if, let me give you something to cry for? Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna complain about me anyway, so make it good. So speaking of Bloody Mary, today's designated drinker. I'm just gonna jump right in here. Um, I think she might be actually able to introduce us to the real Bloody Mary. Love I think it. she might. Um, or at least some kind of vengeful spirit. Um, anyway, so she is the freelance writer and author of her very first book that just recently published. It's called Dangerous Games to Play in the Dark. Lucia Peters, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. Did welcome. you see her book, Gina? Yeah, I really love it. It's so amazing. I know, I feel like this is like, um, I feel like you should just be part of bartending because like, <laughs> it is a dangerous game to play in the dark. You just like hang out and bartend. Different kind of spirits, so. though. Yeah, and like one o'clock in the morning, you'd be surprised who comes in here. Well, <laughs> that shit can get scary. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you have characters and you have people that believe in different things. And then, you know, my opening night here, I had somebody that told me they were here to bless my space. And I said, oh, and I have no idea what that means. I was, I was summoned here. Oh, and by who? They're like the ghosts that are in this building already. I'm like, Fabulous. I was like, bless away. bless away. Have a great time. Have you looked into the history of the building yet? <laughs> yes. So, it really is, so we're here at Last Call in Washington, D.C., and we are, 1931 was the building, mm -hmm. and it was this room that we're actually in was said to be a speakeasy. So a lot of things went down this little area, and if you could see on the walls, there's all these different definitives of what room sizes were. And this room was a tiny green room, and back in the day, you would know that it was okay to drink if the room was green or ask for a beverage. Green was the thing, right? Like that's where the yep. green hat green, comes green hat, yeah. everything. You know, they weren't very creative when they were like green also was cars could go. I mean, they yep. should have come up with something different, but you know, it seemed to work for DC for the uh, for the prohibition time. So So tell us, how did you yeah. how did you become the writer of all things spooky? Uh well Originally, I actually wasn't a writer. I was in the theater. Um, I was a director and a stage manager. That's what my degrees are in. That's what I did for many years. Um, I was living in New York for about a decade. Um, and uh, when the economy tanked, 
uh, the last time <laughs> around at least, uh, I needed a way to pay the bills. And surprisingly, people were willing to pay me to put words on the internet. Um, so I started doing that for um, a couple of very small sites. Uh, they don't exist anymore, as is want to happen <laughs> with a number of places. But uh, one of the first sites that I wrote for was called Crushable. It later got absorbed into Alloy, which then was shut down later on. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I know all those names. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my very first job at Crushable, um, at one point, I... Have, I've always loved ghost stories. It's like I'm that person who every time I go on vacation, like my souvenir is I buy a book of ghost stories of that place and oh, take that home. Um, so it's sort of been a, a lifelong fascination. I'm very much a skeptic, but I still really like them. And I like I like thinking about what scares us and why. Yeah. Um, but so I had <laughs> I fell down a rabbit hole uh, of the something awful thread that Slenderman originated in. And this was still he was still pretty new at that point. I think it was maybe a year or two. into. So he wasn't like a big cultural phenomenon like he is now. Yeah. Um, and uh, as I was sort of reading through this whole giant thread of people photoshopping weird pictures in order to freak people out specifically, um, I, I got the idea for, originally I thought it was just going to be a one-off feature, but um, I, it ended up being a, a regular kind of column uh, that kind of examined things that look creepy and look like they could be real, but aren't, and oh, kind of broke down that. Yeah. Um, and so I pitched that to my editor at the time, um, and she was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. You know, if it, if it doesn't stick, then we'll stop doing it, but let's give it a try. Um, and that ended up being, uh, I was the weekend editor for that site at that time. And so I would usually post those at like six o'clock on Saturday nights. So people would like go out and then come home and read weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it did really well. <laughs> so um, I wrote, I continued to write that weekly uh, while I was at that outlet. Um, and then my next, my next gig uh, didn't have quite the same sort of avenue for like examinations of weird web culture. Um, so... Eventually, I ended up starting a website called The Ghost of My Machine uh, just as a hobby, so I had an outlet to kind of write about those sorts of things. And eventually, I also pitched kind of like an evolution of what my previous column had been to The Toast, which is also sadly defunct now and was great. The Toast is awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, as time went on, I just kept, I, I kept growing The Ghost of My Machine. Um, and around the time that I started that site, which was in about 2014, um, the kind of urban legend games like Bloody Mary um, were starting to have this really huge uh, sort of renaissance on the internet. They were starting to evolve uh, because things spread so quickly online and so easily. We could now we now had access to stories that you know originate in different countries because we have technology like Google Translate. We sure. can translate sites that you know aren't necessarily written in the language you speak, um, and. The, they were starting to do some really interesting things in terms of how they were evolving in the online space. Um, so one of the features that I started very early on in The Ghost of My Machine was looking at each of these games and kind of finding as many versions of them as I could, uh, you know, building together a rule set that read sort of like a story where the reader is the main character. Um, you know, as time went on, I also started looking more into like, does it have actual folkloric origins? Does, uh, if it doesn't, like, what are the tropes that are coming throughout it? And do yeah. we have those, you know, elsewhere going back through history? Oh, interesting. Um, and that has sort of grown to be the, the biggest, the single biggest traffic draw for the site are what I call the most dangerous games there. Um, and what ended up happening with that ultimately was in 2000, what is it, is 2019 now? Uh, 2018 in May, um, I got an email from an editor at Chronicle Books, um, who ultimately became my publisher, being like, hey, I was looking into doing a potential project based on dark urban legend games. You seem like the person to talk to about this. Are you interested? And I didn't think they were going to ask me to like 
pitch and write a book. I was just like, maybe they just want to use my site as a source for some things. But we set up a phone call, and yes, they were like, would, would you like to pitch a book for this? Oh, that's awesome. I was like, I've never done that before. Sure, let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> What's um, the worst that could happen? You wrote a book. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, the good news was that because um, we had a really tight timeline for it, like it was... Uh, we got the go-ahead in June of that year. I had to submit the first finished draft like in two months. Good um, and Lord. Then, so I, I wrote like a maniac for two months, um, you know, mostly outside of, you know, a lot all of, of my other work. A lot of caffeine, a lot of weekends, a lot of nights. Um, and then, you know, we started doing the revision process in the fall. Um, you know, we started in galleys uh, this past January, and then it came out ultimately on September 3rd. So hurrah. That's great. Congratulations. And what was good, what was good was that um, because it's not the book isn't just reprints of stuff I've already written, but there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of areas of overlap of games that I had previously covered. But it gave me the chance to kind of go back and look at games that I covered very early in the site's lifespan and dig deeper into them. Like, you know, because that was while I was still sort of figuring out what worked, what didn't work. Um, So I got to sort of dig a lot further into some of those earlier games, too. And then there are also some some games in here that are not on the site yet. And probably I will keep that way. So if you want to read them. Yeah, you gotta buy the damn book. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact the way you set it up, like with like the risk in the beginning. I, you know, just the way you set up each one. One is very approachable. It's very short reads, but light. But like in it's. But you're right. You definitely deliver on a lot of like what brings it, what makes it a thing. And I, I think it's great. I, I really love, like, how did you decide to do that format with, like, the little risk-taking, like, that was actually, that was That was new. Um, I The way I do them on, the, the format is somewhat similar to the way I do them on the site, where there's, like, you know, a little bit of an introduction, and then um, the way it's set up on the site is a little more, like, step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step, whereas it's sure. a bit more narrative in the book, because it's a book. And yes, so we wanted yes. it to be as much a reading experience, even if you weren't necessarily going to play the games. But, like, hypothetically, you could, you know, put this in your back pocket. and yeah actually play it that way but um so you it's, have a it's big sort pocket of, though yes yeah, it's true uh, cargo pockets <laughs> do you play these games uh, i i grew up playing a lot of them like i grew up playing bloody mary i grew up playing what is a feather stuff of the board you know this is child of the 80s child of the 90s right. like those yeah. are the things that we did at sleepovers um i have not well i also at the time i you know when i was a child I, I lived in a suburban house and i only very recently moved back into a house and i spent most of my adult life living in apartments which aren't like great settings for most of these oh uh, partially because there's just not a ton of space gotcha you know because there are a lot of like the the midnight game is kind of the the sort of quintessential like high stakes hide and seek kind of game where you're so you, you summon a being and then you have to wander around your house for a couple of hours uh, avoiding it basically hours yeah so um this i want to say the midnight man starts at like 3:33 and goes until six or oh, something isn't like that, that the bewitching hour um, yeah there it, it sort of varies by game sometimes you have to what, play, play what midnight. page is that on um, that one is going to be i want to play i want to play that game <laughs> well, that's just, perfect for bartenders gonna, we're done it's we, chapter we three. In three are you just gonna wander around right now no but i'm looking at this really quickly the uh the black telephone game it's really funny i actually have a rotary phone oh fun. it's green see i don't have a rotary phone but it's green it's green. It's green. So then, then you get uh, more money out of it if it's green, right? Maybe. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, it's it's light green. All right. Midnight yeah. game is <laughs> Midnight game is page seventy-two, which is the very first game of chapter three. Um, so yeah, this one. I want to say. So Gina, did you play these games as a kid? Yes. Yes, I played Bloody Mary. Yeah. I played Step as a Board. I went to, I went, we used to play, so Hide and Seek is like a game of like Ring and Run. Yes. Right? <laughs> Except you would scare the shit out of your friends. So Ring and Run is when you would go to like the scariest house in your neighborhood, ring the doorbell, you'd have to count to 12, 
wait for the person to start coming to the door, and then you would run the bejesus out of you. Oh, we just called that ding-dong ditch. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then, but but the game became more terrifying because it was a secret person that was actually supposed to be scaring the person that was ringing the door. Oh, okay. So, like, we did all kinds of crazy shit. Because, you know, we didn't have, like, I don't know, the internet or iPad. Yeah. Right. We just had friends. And this yeah. is all, like, they're weird? all, they're all right. human. The, the, your parents, like, and we you learned all these games. House. We learned all these games, like, from our siblings or from our friends or, like, maybe out of that weird book in the library and, like, things <laughs> like that, where, like, we didn't have this huge resource that we could yeah. go to to find all of these things yeah. now. But now this is amazing. Like, I feel like this is bringing back, like, um, it's going to sound ridiculous, I'm going to say, so bear with, bear with me, everybody. Um this is like bringing a childhood almost like to people like you know like it's not the reality of the internet is i love the internet like i love and first of all i would like to go back to what you said originally things that people look at i am obsessed <laughs> with eyeballs and pimples <laughs> then people pop them oh you do the pimple the pimple yeah. popper videos but with the eyeballs <laughs> Like I was talking about when they play, play it superimposed the eyeballs into it and it looks like it's like skin, but then there's like little eyeballs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. A photo, like a face that's been photoshopped, so it's just Yeah, yeah, eyeballs, eyeballs yep. right? But then they look like they're pimples, but they're not. They're just they're eyeballs. Just eyeballs. <laughs> I know you think whatever. Photoshop no. is delightful. You want to talk about, want to talk about a, I call it a, my, my personal wormhole. I like fall right down that and I start looking and I start looking and start looking and it gets more bizarre and off the charts and when do you find time to do this because i can't sleep at night like, oh, so when I'm everybody like, else like, she's got she's the busiest woman when I know. everybody like, is sleeping when you guys are sleeping in la la land you're in like your 10th realm of sleep i am still awake and trying to like shut my brain down so for me it's a way for me to just take it down because like, it doesn't exist so my brain starts to calm down and i get it going out and looking at this stuff like i love it like there are some really weird things like, were you saying that i was like <laughs> Like, I didn't know, like, what to expect because, like, Louise does not ever tell me what the guests are going to be like because it's, like, supposed to be my, like, uh, like <laughs> First vision impression. of you. Yeah. yeah. If I was your bartender, right? Like, I don't know you. So this, I love. Like, love, 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 love. Like, Excellent. I can think about all of those things. <laughs> my work here is done. So, <laughs> so now you will now have contributed to lack of sleep okay, some more, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> Closet to another yeah. world. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, that one, uh, that mm. one actually, that one came out of Japan, and it's actually supposed to be done with a very specific kind of closet that we don't have in the U.S., oh. but you can probably adapt it. One would think. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that I mean, you just don't get a for me. Like again, I'm a skeptic, so most of these are just like fun stories, and I don't actually think if you go into a closet and do a certain number of things, you're going to transport yourself into another world. But (laughs) if you do believe that, (laughs) which plenty of people do, um, actually, there's a whole um, there's a whole subreddit devoted to dimension jumping, which have been one of the most surprising sources of traffic to my site sometimes, because a lot of the what I just consider, you know, the the spooky games uh, are apparently also considered by the dimension jumping community like methods to dimension jump. Oh, so who yeah, knew? Yeah, they, yeah. they like the closet method in that one. Um, <laughs> I just call that one too many. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, like you have one too many cocktails, you think you're in another dimension. I call that a hangover the next yeah, yeah, day. Yeah, that too. But <laughs> like, I love that. But they, um, but so you'll get a lot of people from everywhere kind of giving it a shot. And I suppose the the worst case scenario is it it doesn't work because it does require that exact kind of closet. It's called a, a kurosetto, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, I don't speak Japanese, so. Pardon my yeah, terrible that's pronunciation. Okay. I barely um, speak English. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's the kind of food it's the kind of closet that is meant to store futons. Um, so it's a very specific kind of closet that uh, it's got like a slidey door and a couple of shelves in it, as opposed to you know like a, oh. a door that opens and closes and has um, like a hanging rack. Oh, yeah. in them. Um, so that's that's the kind of closet that it's meant to be performed with. But again, so yeah. cool. I did, I did, who knew a futon had a, its own closet? Yeah. 
huh, you gotta stand I, somewhere. You know what I don't have? All right, whatever. I don't have a food time. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're gonna get a cocktail right <laughs> okay, now. Cocktail. But I wanted to say one thing really quickly. I love this idea of dimension, like, like just like elevating your mind into another place. It was like it's so, um, you know, people people say it's so weird. You want to do those kind of things, right? But there's a reason why people like love um, drugs, okay? Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna elevate you or bring you to a different place and everything like that. And you're saying oh, you know, these people are all messed up and everything. It's not. It's just human nature to be curious, right? And, like, some people find a realm of where they're going to get there through very quick gratification, like, you know, I don't know, a lot of cocktails yes. or, or cocaine <laughs> or yeah. whatever it is. Yep. But to, trick Escapism. Your, but to trick your mind to meditate, like, I mean, I'm into meditation. Yeah. yeah. Like, when you, like, meditate and you really take the time to, like, calm yourself down, you definitely start tripping into another, like, not tripping, but you, you can bring yourself somewhere else. And, like, your brain is so wonderful. And I feel like if you just, like, you know, you have one life to live. So Absolutely. why not? Why not try it? Yep. Don't, don't maybe not scare yourself to pieces. But <laughs> try you know. try doors to another, uh, or the doors to your mind. I, that one is basically I mean, I a guided meditation. I literally turned to that page, yep. like, we just met. I literally yep. turned to that page. Clearly, we're going to have a whole yep. new Friday night here. You're going to be like, you're gonna be like Gina, what are we doing? I'm like, well, this is what we're doing now. And just systematically work. Sorry if you're scared, but we're totally doing that. All yeah. right, I'm going to make a cocktail. Cool. I need to find my muddler, so I don't know what that is. So um, tell me the game that you were telling her to um, to uh, oh yeah, consider. So the, um, the Doors to Your Mind, um, that's the name muddler. by which it's mostly known on the interwebs these days. But um, when I was... Looking into that one a little further, what was interesting is that I found a lot of people from like all over, mostly based in the U.S., um, so it sort of seems to be a U.S.-based game, uh, where people grew up in like the 80s and 90s playing something called Black Door, White Door, or Red Door, Yellow Door, or um, Seven Doors, the game of Seven Doors, and it's all pretty much the same game. It's just the, what you do, it, it's, and it's almost, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever, we didn't, I didn't play exactly uh, Doors to Your Mind, but I would definitely do that thing where like, you know, you would lie down with your head in someone's lap and they would rub your temples and try to put you in a trance. Quote unquote. I Did think you guys that's ever just do that? Is that just bad date? <laughs> well, I mean, this is when I was like eight, so okay, yeah. Bad date. <laughs> also a bad date. <laughs> but uh, but it, it's it's Legal. that's that's the setup for the rest of your mind is you you have a friend guide you. Um, oh. You lie down. Uh, you know they rub your temples in a calming fashion. Um, if you want to put some music on, you can. If you want to put a pillow on the floor, you can. If you want to dim the lights, you that's can. That's just called relaxing. Yeah, it is. And But the whole thing is you're, you're the person who's doing the temple rubbing, um, they're kind of supposed to uh, narrate you into, like, and like verbally guide you into kind of the recesses of your mind. You're supposed to imagine yourself in like a big corridor oh. with doors on either side of it. Gotcha. And um, the whole idea is that, you know, you can, you can wander the corridor for as long as you want. You can open any door you want to, unless it doesn't open. If, it, if you can't open it, then that means that you're probably not ready to open it yet. So come back to it later. Gotcha. Um, and that one is uh, mostly about sort of exploring what's lurking inside your own your own head. Yeah. And, um, the like that one, space. I think has. I don't the... know that I should go there. There's a lot of dark spaces <laughs> lot of darkness. in mine. I think. <laughs> but I think if we were going to talk about like... getting scary. <laughs> I'm shaking. All right. Yep. Such a lovely sound. It is. It is. Such a lovely sound. It's a great sound when you can get the um, little top off. Yes. Um, so, hold on. More shaking. All right. So. What you got? This is like a resurrection, right? We're playing the resurrection game. Okay. So we're making cosmopolitan. Cool. So we're going to make them super fresh, though. So we took um, a quarter, a piece of like a, a pomegranate, so maybe like 25 
pomegranates. And then we did um, one and a half ounces of vodka, half an ounce of triple sec, and then half an ounce of lime juice. And if you see the color of this, it's beautiful, beautiful. right? Beautiful. So that is just fresh pressed muddled um, pomegranate. Wow. I don't think I've ever yeah. had fresh pomegranate juice before. I think I've yeah, ever had Yeah, it's a little bit bitter. It's cocktail isn't sweet, so like don't. That's fine by me. And then we're gonna take um, the thing that looks like a squid monster. Yeah, we're gonna take a squid monster <laughs> for bizarre it looks like culture, a squid and we're just going to put it over the top. Oh, you're just zesting. I am zesting. There are a lot of uses for Buddhist hand, as we will find out in all the episodes coming. Thematic. Yeah. So you take that weird Look. thing. Now the whole air Ready. is nice and aromatic. You knock over 10 things in your bar well, <laughs> and then you're ready to serve a cocktail, oh, right? Excellent. Oh, it's gorgeous. I love the little glasses, too. Yeah. These are um, uh, throwback 50s glasses. Anyway. I was going to say. Cheers. So cheers. to the Cosmo. A little spirit for the spirit. Oh, that's delightful. Oh, you say bitter, but that's that's really round. I mean, that's beautiful in the mouth. That's a, that. It really feels, it's round. Mm -hmm. it but there's no, um, so. There's not sharp, no there's sharp, sharp edges. Well, there's no sugar. But I like how what? tart it is. Well, you put your finger in it, right? Well, there's two, you're ready. <laughs> so you have two ounces, you have two ounces of, um, you're gonna make this at home, right? So I made yep. three over divided. So you're gonna make this at home, you're gonna do two ounces of vodka, half an ounce of triple, or Cointreau, whatever you feel like, and then a half an ounce of lime juice. And then you're gonna take a quarter of uh, a pomegranate and just muddle in there. You don't have to pick all the seeds out. Just muddle the whole thing in there. I love the pith of the pomegranate. Oh, the pith too. Yeah, just, just muddle in there and you're gonna double strain it, shake it, double strain it, and then you get this beautiful product. If you don't have a double strainer, then you're gonna have to clean all the pomegranates <laughs> because you will have a bunch of junk in your drink. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the double strain isn't hard and it's a small investment. I mean, it's what, a couple dollars to make a really I mean, could you just like squeeze it through cheesecloth a couple of times? I mean, you could. It would be probably mess. a pain in the butt, but yeah, you could do it. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess, and you'd probably be wearing more of the pomegranate That's juice true. than drinking. Oh, yeah, pro tip. Pick your pomegranates under cold water. Fill your sink with water. Break your pomegranate apart. Um, all the seeds will actually float. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Or, you know, if you're feeling like you want red hands, do it with your hands. <laughs> I mean, so when it's in the water, do you have to, do you wear gloves then too? No. Or just, it won't? No. Oh. No, it won't do anything. Interesting. Or just wear rubber gloves if you're going to do it regular. Yeah, I'd end up with them all over the place. So you could just walk around with permanently tinted hands. I think that's it's a long time. Weird and just, yeah. just so, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> kind of fitting, honestly. And then you go and read your book exactly. with your with your red stained hands. Honestly, I didn't even put the two and two together. Change it. Do not do that. And have your hands stained red. And then play the game Bloody Mary and be like, that's what happened. There you there go. You go. And but it does last quite married. a bit of time. It actually lasts really long time in your cuticles. So you know bar so you know when there's fresh like juice happening. Yeah. Because the bartender's hands will be like Well beets do the same? Beets will do the same. Um you can cut them underwater as well. Um, I just wear gloves now. I mean, we have gloves readily available, so. So when you just said cut them underwater, I'm gonna tell you, in my head, you were in a swimming pool, swimming around cutting <laughs> beets in my head. <laughs> It's an extreme measure. I, I know. mean, if you want to do an extreme bartending <laughs> episode, we could do that. I mean, you know, don't I'm not there's some dark spots it. in there. Don't I, I? Don't know. It just that's what I, I like saw it. her swimming, cutting beats under the pool. It's under like the a water. ninja warrior challenge, only for bartenders. <laughs> yes. They had those things. I know. Where are those things? I love that. Ninja Warrior is another thing I can watch like all day. I don't know why. It's great. It's <laughs> I have no idea. And the funny thing is that like I'll never just turn on the television to watch it. I don't have cable anymore. But if it's on, like in a bar or a restaurant, I'm just like. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> so why does this guy want to do this? But I never understand. You have these things that are rotating, and then you go, and, like, you do this opposite course, and, like, they train for years to do this, and they're sponsored by all these people. Yep. And you're like, why are you doing that? And then you realize that everybody wants to do something like that because it's in your nature to want to be that per like, that physical. I did the, um, was I, it was the rock classic i can't remember exactly what it was and you would um and you ran like three miles but you did all these obstacles that were on were blown up and there were all these big blow up things and like you had to like go across the one of the the spinning thing over the pool so you'd run across the pool on one of those barrel things and okay. so then you would and you of course you would fall, fall off. off of course you do but you like did this jumpy bounce housing made for adults that was massive and you had to go up this giant slide and go over the edge and <laughs> But the one fun thing is you had to slide through this one and it was filled with suds. <laughs> but I was laughing so hard while I was doing it. I inhaled all the suds. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I did it once. It was fun, though. I mean, I it was that. fun. It's, it's double there for adults. Except my sinuses were burning. I love that. My That's amazing. That sounds very, very painful. <laughs> it was. But I'd do it again. It, the mean, slide part was fun. I, yeah. It was I, tough, I would though. Probably do that too. I felt like a champion, though. I really felt like a champion. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. So, do you think that you'll um, write another book? I'd like to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a couple of ideas kind of spinning around, and I mostly just have to kind of commit to developing one. I'd like to not do it in two months this time. Yeah. One thing I'd like, I'd like to do, I'd like to be able to take more time with it. Um, I'd like to be able to, uh, you know, explore more avenues for research and, you know, all of that good stuff. Because that's the thing is, like, I just, I like so much of what I do is just about, like, finding the right rabbit hole and then going down it as far as you can. Yeah. And that's the fun part to me, to be honest. Um, so having a little more time to be able to do that and to you know maybe look into sources that I might not have had the time to find before or that you know are maybe books I would need to order from somewhere that is else that yeah. need to arrive all that good stuff uh, but yeah I have I have an idea for I mean there are so many more games I could do so many more of these yeah um, I there's another feature that I run on the ghost of my machine called the encyclopedia of the impossible that um, you know, kind of looks yeah. at, if you know what I the know. SCP Foundation is, it's, no, I guess, no. in it's somewhat it? similar in form to that. The SCP Foundation, it, it sort of has grown into this giant, massive, like, uh, like, fiction project that, like, eight bajillion people contribute to. Um, and the whole, it's all, it's like, a, a, lot it's of a, it's a, it's a government agency. That's a whole agent. lot of people. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not an exact figure, but. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, the whole idea that. is the SCP Foundation is, like, uh, a kind of, like, shady, not, non-existing, uh, Search, uh, secure, contain, and protect is what it, it stands for. Okay. Um, and it's supposed to be like a shady government organization that doesn't actually exist, obviously, um, where they go and they find anomalies and they like bring them back to you know their big facility and study them. But like, there's a lot of the the way they're written is kind of in um, in like a like redacted report form a lot of the time. So like some of the like probably what are the gushiest details might be redacted. So oh, that's kind funny. Of like has to figure out what that is. But you know, it'll be. You know, it could be some innocuous object that does something really weird. It could be like a videotape that plays something different every time you, you know, put it in the oh. put it in the thing. Some of them are more dangerous than others. Um, lots of them are more dangerous than others. Um, and there's a there's a little more comedy in um, the SCP Foundation stuff than what I do in the Encyclopedia of the Impossible. But the format is somewhat similar in that, like, I'll take you know, an urban legend or, um, you know, like either an existing one or like an old folktale or, you know, like a, a location that is said to have weird properties to it, like, um, 
like Area 51. Well, I actually haven't done Area 51, but like, uh, but like Crybaby, Crybaby Bridge. Studio 54. You know, <laughs> or things like that. Studio 54, that, Area 51. That would be a great, it'd be an Do alien disco. Instead. Yeah, actually, yeah. I could probably come up with something pretty funny. Well, <laughs> it's Area 53. <laughs> and it's an alien and disco. And but so it's kind of like summing, summing up, um, you know, is what we know about it. It's, you know, I'll sort of classify it as a type, I'll, uh, you know, what it's supposed to look like, what it's kind of like modus operandi is, um, you know, any additional notes about like where it might have come from, stuff like that. Cool. And I, there, in particular, there's a lot of interesting creatures that are being created again in online spaces. I'm very interested in, I'm, I am what they call extremely online with capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very interested in what's happening on in, in online spaces. Um, but so I've had sort of an idea that's kind of similar to the encyclopedia that kind of deals specifically with monsters that are created on the internet, but... Um, so the encyclopedia <laughs> Impossible to me sounds like a movie. It doesn't, to me, that's not, it's not a, it, yes, it's a book. It's an encyclopedia. No, it sounds like a Netflix show. Yeah, you have like this be. thing where there's like all these, you know, you pull down these books and like, you know, it has like, I don't know, like, I don't, I have no idea, like some kind of... <laughs> A typewriter I monster. Gina's I don't really even know what you I think do. Gina has left the show and has gone through a door this in her mind. This is so cool. <laughs> well, I love the idea of the Encyclopedia of the Impossible. Like, that's just amazing to me. But I also like to read, like, all that weirdo, like, Victorian, um, you know, pop uh, culture mm -hmm. weird shit. Yeah. Like, I'm into that. And Absolutely. I don't really know why I am. I just love it. It's just cool. Maybe because you're it's weird. It's just fun. I am weird. That's, so that's weird. fine. We're weirdos. Totally. We can we can flock together. Birds of a feather. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, I don't normally tell people that. People are like, "What do you read?" Like, yeah. oh, nothing. You know, no, it's, it's like, like the craft. We're the weirdos. Yeah, like, I... <laughs> and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally. Into it. So I have a question. So she asked me, "How many? When do I sleep? When do you sleep?" When do I sleep? Uh, not well. I, I am also a person who does not generally sleep well because my brain doesn't like to turn off ever and it's a problem um usually i have like i have like a whole going to bed kind of ritual thing that i sort of have to do it's like i'll usually you know head upstairs and start getting ready at like 9 9 30 and then i'll read for like an hour hour and a half hopefully until i fall asleep hopefully that's yeah in theory the way it's supposed to work <laughs> doesn't right. always work like that but do you wake up at three o'clock in the morning with your best ideas? Yes, all the time. Actually, I have my best ideas. I, this is before I knew that like shower thoughts were a thing. I have yes. consistently had my best ideas in the, the shower. Time. Yep. All the and then time. later on, I was like, oh, this is true for many people. This is great. Yeah. That's, <laughs> okay. a, that's I'm not odd when... for having my best my best thoughts in showers. I have tons of those. We have more questions. Do you think that? I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I don't mean to go. <laughs> you have well, gone through the door. You. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm. Well, I want to know. Like, do you believe that you can connect with a, a different realm? Like, do you believe that like, you could do it through? A, so there are people that believe that you. <laughs> Um, so, so talking about like different realms with the computer and everything, the technology can take you down a pipeline. Like you really believe in like, like uh, the fact that like the fibers of electricity and all that have actual living things on the other end or something. Right? I don't other than personally talking about it. Like so, I'm kind of agnostic, I suppose, as far as most things go. Um, like this, you know, goes for like ghosts and you know, like communicating with like the that. dead. Yeah. Although interestingly, um, there. So it's it's never been the, the the plans have never been found. So it's probably just an urban legend. But there has been a story floating around for ages that Thomas Edison once tried to create a telephone to speak to the dead with, which would make sense because that was during like yeah. um, the. But he yeah, was during obsessed the, the height, with yeah. it. Yeah, and like the height of the, the, he, the spiritualist spiritualism. Movement. But yeah, he's a height a of spiritualism. He's also yep. playing the records backwards. Thomas Edison did that mm -hmm. first. 
But like we've never we've never found any plans or any anything beyond what it might have just been some random journalist playing a trick on someone by like yeah. writing a thing about an experiment he observed. But we've never found any evidence that the experiment actually happened. But it is an interesting thought. Again, like, another urban urban legend mm -hmm. that's just kind of fun if nothing else. Yeah, and about. it is interesting because so many of these games like they involve telephones. A lot of them involve telephones. Um, so I think just the way, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with the way that we deal with things when we don't really totally know how they work. Like, we all know that telephones work. Most of us don't really know how they work. When was yeah. the last time you picked up a landline hit zero? Yeah, I, do, I haven't had a landline. You know, an operator does answer. Does it? Still? They're no still more? No, oh, they, they, they do. They do? Wow. I, 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 mean, I, haven't to a had, I don't think I've had a landline for, like, between 10 and 15 years at this point. Yeah, so. I'm the same. I'm the same. Well, I, I have landlines in my business. This okay, year, yeah. I, 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 got a, I got this old time. I like, the, I like the rotary phone. Is and it a big light phone? If you hit zero, you can't get the operator. Well, if you hit it, don't you have to dial it? It's like, whatever, but you, yeah, but you get it. So like, I just dated myself because I know the someone. sound of a rotary. There's still someone at the switchboard. Like, yeah, like there's someone that will talk to you and say, "What do you need? See? Like, what are you looking for?" And there's still a directory. Maybe really what it is is just those spirits on the other side. They they're old operators that are just holding on. They're just they, yeah. They, they never stop doing their job. Do you exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you believe if everyone believes the world is cyclical and you believe mm -hmm. that everything's going to turn around, right? Do you think that like eventually like all the technology exhausts itself and now you're back at the games that you used to play, right? So you just wrote a book. Are you back to where? you kind of began, right? So these are old games. These games are not like they were invented in 1990. But some of them, yeah, yeah. Some of them are old. I mean, like Bloody Mary, I know the, the first piece of folkloric research we have that was done about Bloody Mary uh, was published in the early 70s. Um, but like, we also think that Bloody Mary itself goes back to a folk tradition that was popular on the turn of the century, uh, where what you would do is you would uh, walk up the stairs backwards, sometimes on Halloween, not necessarily. It sort of depends who you talk to, as is the case with many of these things. Um, and if you looked at a mirror as you went, then you would see either the face of the person you were supposed to marry, or you would see a skull. And if you saw a skull, that means you were going to die before you got the chance to marry anyone. Probably falling backwards <laughs> so, down the stairs. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that but seems so, like, like a lot of them, a, like they are much older. And, and even when they games themselves are newer a lot of the time they're playing off of superstitions that we've had for a long 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 time yeah so in some ways I, I'm not sure that I would call it completely cyclical because I think they they change in such a way that they they retain some of what uh what's there way deep down but then they kind of get bumped up to a next level like it's a whole kind of new ball game for a lot of these games I think What's with your clocks? Oh, uh, I, can't I just, stop staring I just at them. like steampunky type things. I love steampunk. Um, <laughs> I was wondering. I want to know if you like believe in like that's a, like a different no, time. I just I like I like thing. The funny thing is I, I, I don't. It was set to different times. Oh yeah, no, they they're they're not functional anymore. They're just cool. I, for for listeners who can't see, I'm wearing a, a both a pendant and a bracelet that are made of old clock clock bits. Um, they I I've, I've learned I don't necessarily like old things, but I like old things that have been made into new things. It's interesting. I think. Think. You wrote a book. Which yeah. also is kind of what that is. Well, you wrote a book, right? So let's put it this way. You live your life on the internet, high speed. Everything's mm -hmm. crazy. Information, information, information. Instant. And then you wrote an analog form of communication. And you want people to pick up this like analog, this thing and be tangible and mm. touch it, right? And you, and you thought about it with your publisher and you went through every page and you said, we're going to pick this paper and there's a reason for it. There's a tactile purpose for yep. all of this. And it's beautifully yeah. done. The illustrations are beautiful. Are great. Uh, shout beautiful. out to my illustrator, Pam Wishbow. She's great. Uh, <laughs> she has a website. She has an Etsy store. You should go check her stuff out. No, it's, She's it's really, it's, it's honestly stunning. And it's like perfect palm size, which I'm sure you thought about that yep, as well. Yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> and like, I just find it very interesting how you flip back and forth because generally people that like publish like that would be instant like 
this story is going to be something I listen to and I don't, I don't write, I never write this. And like, this is like so well thought out that I feel like when now the time piece and all that you do flip back and forth. Mm. It's kind of cool. She's a little bit of a time traveler. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do yeah. like time travel stories. There you go. Yeah, so. I like that. So uh, speaking of time, you know what time it is? Time for me to remind all the listeners where they're going to get your cocktail. Where are they going to go? Uh, they're going to go to designateddrinker.show. What's that? Designateddrinker.show. So beyond just having all of Gina's tri- trips, so oh, easy for me to say. <laughs> trips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A little cocktail going. Uh, beyond just Gina's tricks and tips on how she manipulates spirits. We'll also make sure that we, you like how I do that? You like how I do that? Um, we'll also make sure that we have um, uh, a link to your to your book where people can buy it, find out more about you, and uh, dive into the other realm of spirits. So now I get to ask my question, right? You do. Okay. So you know everybody identifies with a spirit animal or you do uh, identify with, like, you know, an animal of some sort of what is my Patronus? What is your Patronus? What is your Patronus if it was an ingredient in food or cocktail? Ooh. She changes it up. That's a good question. What are you going to conjure? Ha ha. Summonsing. I mean, like, would it would it be like a supreme combat if I said if, like if I said something that like probably didn't exist? Sure, let's do it. Can I be a witch's brew? Because that would be awesome. Yes, yes. And, and I don't us, know what that is. Can you be an eye of newt then? Like, tell yes. me who wants to be the toe me, frog. Define witch's brew. You, your witch's brew is what is it? Like, what is it? What is it that you love about that? Uh, I, I, if you made it, what would you put in it? I mean, I, I probably would go via the Macbeth recipe. I'm not going to lie. I would probably do I have Newt Toe Frog, all of that good stuff. Um, that was a lot of what I did when I was still in the theater with Shakespeare. So yeah. <laughs> um, I think I, I like the idea of things being more than the sum of their parts, I guess. And that's kind of what a witch's brew is to me. Love it. Yeah. Well, I love that. All right. Oh, also made up into the voodoo world. Which exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's everybody. conjure some Cheers. spirits. Cheers. Drink these. Thank you for coming. Thank Cheers. you for having me. Cheers. Cheers.